0: Welcome to a dialogue on accountability in the digital age, a dialogue with representatives of a global multi-stakeholder community.
1: And I'm your host Fritz Bussemaker and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Rocio Moreno-Lopez. Rocio, welcome to the program.
0: Hi Fritz, thank you so much for having me, very nice to be here with you and your
1: audience. Let me briefly explain your background because I'm excited to speak to the executive director at the Accountable Now uh, Institute, which has been around since uh, 2018. Uh, you, you've been around as an executive director. The, the institute was founded in 2008. Um, and your background is um, very much related to Accountable Now. You've done a lot of uh, work in countries like Kenya, Macedonia, Kazakhstan, Mexico. You were the global global coordinator for the global movement of budget transparency, accountability, and participation. And uh, you led a member engagement strategy, coordinated advocacy strategy, and built strategic partnerships with national and international organizations. That sounds like the right person to talk to when we talk about accountability. Again. I hope so. (laughs) Hey, now I realize we're both looking at accountability. we're looking at it to look at the governance of digital technology and the gap between technology and the legal framework what is the account what is the system you are looking at you want to hold accountable
0: okay so that's a really good question i think there so there are a couple of pieces here no i think the first thing that i'm going to say is we are looking at the different actors that are participating in the development sector. So that means a lot lot of work around CSO accountability, civil society organizations, international, but also national. And then also thinking about the funder community and the multilaterals and the bilaterals and everyone that really has a say within the development sector. What accountable now, I mean, we started off as really just focusing around CSO accountability, but for us, what we've been really trying to do is transform the way in which the sector is and has been operating, so that it's not just us sitting in these positions and determining what people need and what they want and how they want it, but actually engaging in a continuous dialogue with them so that we can jointly determine what's the best approach to the the actions and to achieve issues around inequality and really how to advance justice. And to be able to do that, we think that accountability is the right way to do it. It's not just about, so usually when you think about accountability, you immediately go to the annual reports or information, financial information around your funders and how much money the organization is receiving and how much it's spending. It's so much more than that. It's actually about how do we establish channels of communication so that through those channels, you are talking to the right people, to the people that are impacted by the work that you are doing. And through that process, course correct, adapt, adjust, and become more impactful. And it's through that process that we think that accountability can actually make a change, can really transform the sector. And as I said, it's not just about civil society organizations. The conversation started there because back in 2008, as you said, there was huge scrutiny within the sector, particularly with INGOs. And the question was, what are these organizations, massive organizations doing with the amount of money that they're receiving from the aid sector? And how much is actually being trickled down to the communities? And that's how really the conversation started. And so these 10 organizations who are founding members said, okay, let's just start being accountable. Let's really start having more conversations. And again, it's not about the compliance, the processes or the information on our website. It's really about the learning, the conversations, the reestablishing the relationships with different people along the way, and then just really making it better for everyone. And so that's what we're trying to do.
1: Uh, And by the way, those 10 founding organizations, are they CSOs themselves?
0: They're international organizations, so we're talking about the Oxfam, the yep. Civicus, Plan International, ADRA, there are a lot of them, yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, could I qualify this as a self-assessment?
0: Uh, yes, it is, but for us, so there are different ways of doing it, no? I mean, Accountable Now has a particular model where we have a, a panel of independent review members who are... Right now we have 12 we just welcomed a a new bunch and they're really qualified experts in the field around different areas so environment or humanitarian assistance, service delivery, advocacy, different ways and what they do is so our members submit the report and I know that this might sound contradictory, but the report for us is really that evidence that the conversations that need to happen are actually taking place. And so these independent review panel members, they go through the reports and they ask questions. So just think of any other person looking at an organization's information, and then just really wondering, okay, how did they do this? It's again, so usually you get information around the policies. It's not about the policy. It's how is this impl- being implemented? What are the conversations that are happening around the policy? to make sure that one, the policy is being adjusted and it's actually being strengthened. And two, how are you course correcting or preventing certain things from happening? And so that's the type of information that the panel provides. And through that process, we want to have this continuous improvement within our member organizations, but there are other ways of also doing it.
1: This also the way you're describing it. It also sounds like an opportunity to get free advice, how to improve yourself. Uh, so it's it, that's the way it's it, it sounds to me. It's not like uh, you go, you're gonna have a critical government agency looking at, you should um, adhere to these rules. No, it's a way of being more effective.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think there you touched upon something really interesting. So another bit of the work that we do is not only with our members, we also work with national organizations and going back to what you just said, Given the current situation in which, no, there's a massive a issue around shrinking civic space, and that's being particularly mar- marked around regulations on civil society organizations, where they come with very specific tough rules for many organizations to comply with. What we're also trying to do is support these organizations so that they develop their own framework through the use of something that we call the Global Standard for CSO Accountability as a reference standard, but that then they can start owning their accountability, opposed to waiting until government uh, comes and claims. Exactly.
1: Okay, Um, Very interesting. I was wondering uh, when this, uh, uh, now you came in after it was founded, but maybe you uh, can still answer that question. Are there uh, role models in the industry or anywhere where you see similar organizations where, hey, this is actually a good way. to organize this or did you organize, Did you have to find everything out yourself?
0: Around accountability? That's yes, a good in question.
1: This particular case, yes.
0: That's a really good question. I think that the sector has changed significantly. I think that when we started, we can say that we were pioneers. Yeah. I think we had to figure it out a lot by ourselves. I mean, at the time, to be fair and honest, there was also already the Global Reporting Initiative, which is the GRI, which is what the private sector uses. That's like their benchmark. And now you have, of course, the environmental social governance, ESGs, which is something that's become really popular. But there wasn't really anything for the sector and by the sector. And I think that that's where we came in. And I think that that was really good. I don't know if we figured it out all by ourselves, but there was something there. And now that sector has changed significantly. Now you have tons of initiatives, you have the core humanitarian standard, you have uh, recently the Pledge for Change is something that's being that was launched last year. There are different initiatives already, yeah. plus all the other ones around sexual um exploitation and prevention. There are just tons of standards, tons of reporting mechanisms. And so the sector has changed drastically. And so yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to really think about okay, how what are the complementarities? How do we come together and really unite so that we can just Think about how we're working with the sector and not just creating an additional burden, which is sometimes this gray area that we're still trying to figure out.
1: Okay. Now, the big question for me now is: Would you have any advice, any insights, which would be relevant for the digital uh, community? That's That's the one. Yeah, that's the one we're looking at.
0: That's a good question. And it's quite complex if you allow me to say, because I'm not your digital tech savvy type of person, but something that I've been reflecting on. So there are different things, no? I think that um, if you look back at the couple of, no, these past two, three years with the pandemic, I think we've all resorted to digital means in the sense that, no, I, I think our sector, if we put it like that, just giving a bit of background, We always like, and I think we still continue to like these in-person interactions, the workshops, the global meetings. We were traveling around the world almost once per month, at least. No, some organizations were like that. And I remember some of the things that we discussed at Accountable Now is how to be more mindful of our environmental impact. And of course, traveling is one of these things. And I remember everyone saying, impossible. Then the pandemic hit and everything has changed drastically in the sense that everyone is now trying to prevent from traveling and actually reflecting on, okay, how can we use more digital means? I think that we were all really pushed in the direction of saying, we need to do the same. We still, it's not like the, we weren't able to comply. We we were, uh, our, the need to comply with our funder community around the objectives and the activities that we had to carry out, that was not eliminated, but we actually needed to become more smart and adapt to a very difficult environment that we had never lived before. And that's where the digital aspect came in. And I think that there, three years down the line, many organizations actually have now included in their strategies scaling up. So for example, children organizations, organizations that really focus it, focus on creating better opportunities for children are now scaling and having these massive goals and benchmarks to really help them and it's through digital means. For me the question is what are exactly these regulations and these areas that we need to be mindful of when it comes to digital aspects? If you think of what I shared before For us, it's about this engagement and collecting information from the communities and from the people that are impacted by our work, right? If you think that there's still a digital divide, because there is, it's not like in many countries, the pandemic really helped to to boost the efforts in that area and reduce, and you probably can say more about that. But there are others, I mean, I live in Germany, and Berlin has the worst internet that you can even think of, and that didn't change with the pandemic, but Just think of other countries that are in more complicated situations. What are the limitations there? How can we actually know? So are we thinking about inclusiveness, diversity, but then also about accessibility, what would be the areas there? And then this thing around talking to people. A lot of that work, a lot of the collecting information is still done on the ground, particularly in emergency responses, you have teams of people coming in and having not accessing the conversation. So one thing is collecting by foot, and then no typing in all the information or through, I don't know, cell phones and whatnot. But what are the questions there around? How do we protect data? How do we make sure that this is not going to be used for a wrong purposes. I can also imagine that AI is something that could potentially be used particularly for determining needs and priorities of people, just as it's done in terms of our shopping needs. For example, you have these ads. How can we avoid landing in that situation? And so instead of really fixing a problem where we're actually no going, we're in a stage right now where we say, okay, we need to talk to people. We need to get them to drive their development processes to changing and using these digital means. And I think for me, there are just tons of questions there that we need to think about. And I think that there, we as a sector, and this is perhaps just me, but I have a feeling that they're a lot more like me. How can we become more knowledgeable about what are the current trends within the digital transformation, within digital society that actually have an impact or potential impact on our sector that we need to start? resolving and fixing and thinking about it in an accountable way because we are still going to continue doing the same work that we've been doing but we just need to be really mindful of what that means for the people that we are trying to uh, support as we go
1: along. Great so digital technology is seen in your community as enabling technology is going to help you? Uh, I think so. I mean, I have to ask this question then in this context for our discussion. Uh, do you trust the technology you're using, the digital technology?
0: Um, I'm going to say sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes.
0: <laughs> sometimes. I think, no, I mean, yeah. I I use, I'm like a regular user. No, I have, you know, have the computer. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, processes and engagement and communication with, for example, our team or with other people. I think it's a wonderful tool. But then there are these things that for someone that, as I said, is not tech savvy like me, I get quite nervous that you sometimes see ads that pop up in different spaces related to conversations that you had a couple of days ago. And this is not being a conspiracy theorist, but it's a reality. And so that's where it's kind of like, you have a lot of information. We, I mean, we don't work with communities. We don't, we do work with people, with different people. And how do we maintain information safe? CVs, no personal information. You even have addresses, telephone numbers. You have tons of information. Even declarations of interest, sig- uh, signatures from trustees, from what do you do with that information like what's the best way of of collecting that information and having it in the right spot and not making sure and not making sure that others are not using it negatively okay.
1: now uh, i'm making an assumption here the, the data you just mentioned um i assume uh that crosses borders you collect data in germany and you, you it is data from uh other parts of the world is that correct yes so which legal framework do you use or do you have think about that uh, when uh, using and storing and collecting that data?
0: So we have of course we use GDPR (laughs) but then the other thing is we have a data security policy and so there we maintain the information as long as no just for a couple of weeks until you actually need it and then we make sure that you delete it. But then what happens behind you no know, in the back end that's a completely different story and it's not like we're a small organization we are not necessarily at the forefront of advocacy agendas or things. no we're not a human rights defender organization for example and so in theory our information should be well kept and secure and we should not be you no know, hacked or anything of the sort but I guess you well you really never know about those
1: things do you um no. I'm just wondering, uh, in in the board you just uh, mentioned, um, um, is uh, the, the impact and the role of digital technology ever discussed?
0: To be really honest, no. No, and I think here, so as I said, I mean, at my board level, we, Analyze that as part of an institutional risk, because that's something that you need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. But then just thinking about, so around accountability and the type of accountability that we're promoting, this is one of the areas that we've identified that's one of the biggest shortcomings that we have. And I think, so as I said, we use as a, as a reference standard, the global standard for CSO accountability. And we developed that um with eight other partners. There are also accountability initiatives or networks that are operating in different parts around the world. And to come up with those 12 commitments, we did a consultation and whatnot. Through those consultations, there was nothing coming up around accountability. You have to be mindful that this was done eight years ago. And we've now come to a point where in eight years, things have changed drastically and significantly. And this is one of the areas that we are mindful that we really need to think about and just reflect on what does that mean in terms of accountability? And is there something here that we need to discuss around? We're always talking about these walk the talk and you have of course all the principles and the values and the approaches, but there is a specific thing around digital um, action and what is it exactly that we as a sector need to be thinking about.
1: Okay, now what I'm hearing is, first of all, I think there's a lot to learn uh, from our community on how you deal and organize accountability. And hopefully um, our digital community uh, might be available for you to explain a little bit of, you could say, what are uh, the the risks and concerns you might have uh, from digital perspective. So that's a, a promise I'd like to make. If you feel, hey, this is a relevant discussion, uh, on the record, um, happy to provide that. Thank
0: you, Fritz. That would be perfect. Yeah. Okay. So
1: let's let's organize that then off um, uh, offline. Now, a uh, couple of more questions. I mean, time is moving very fast, but in in my preparation, I also noticed that um, you promote dynamic accountability. Uh, what is that?
0: So dynamic accountability is what I said at the very beginning. So. As I said, accountability has really moved on from compliance oriented, no, the making sure that you're ticking a lot of boxes to something that is more about this engagement, no, the opening space for conversations with people and communities and that's what we call, it's really about creating somewhat real-time opportunities so that you can be held to account while at the same time collecting information and course correcting and and being more flexible around the work that we're doing. So that's what we call dynamic accountability.
1: Uh, That reminds me also what I'm seeing in our world. We're moving from more a rule-based system to a principle-based system. So rather than kicking in the box, they are thinking about, hey, what's actually What's the thought behind this and are you uh, complying with that thought and you should be able to think about that
0: exactly it's exactly the same thing it's moving from an approach from a process to something that's more values based and values driven and i think that that is what makes it essential i mean especially if we think that we're a social sector we should also be mindful of the work that we're doing knowing it's that type of added value i think that we can bring in with other types of organizations that are also working, and I guess that's the similarity with what you just described. Well,
1: it's it's good to to be aware that in another industry that uh, there's a similarity, so that's something um, uh, we can at least uh, take into account how when we think about how can we uh, resolve uh, the question around accountability on, from uh, digital technology. Uh, maybe one last question, which triggered me, is that when you talked about your board. It was actually, uh, I mean, uh, a positive way of helping organizations uh, improve themselves. Um, I realize this may be a tough question, but now I'm thinking just thinking out loud. Would this also be something the IT industry can do uh, or the IT community in in general that uh, rather than uh, seeing accountability as something negative, see it as a positive um, way to uh, do good?
0: No, definitely. I mean, I think here if we are acknowledging that we all have an impact on people. So even not that even the work that you're doing in terms of pushing for a certain type of approach or pushing for certain conversations and then other organizations within within the community, I think that there needs to be, so this whole dynamic accountability can be and should be implemented by any organization that's impacting someone as they go along. And through that, they can actually really identify what is it exactly that they're, you know, how are they contributing? Are they actually helping people or not? Can happen. No, I think that this whole approach of us thinking that we know what's best, which is sometimes how we land, it's business as usual. That's not the right way to go anymore. And I think that any organization should and can actually reflect how they're carrying out their work
1: Rocio, uh, I think for me, that's one of the most valuable takeaways uh, I've had in doing a lot of these interviews, uh, and that is the perception of what accountability is. It is, at the end of the day, something positive if you uh, approach it the way you just described. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on what the Accountable uh, Now is doing uh, for the CSO program. Uh, there's some lessons there to be learned for our community the digital community on how you approach that and hopefully we again as mentioned we hopefully we can help you as well
0: thank you Fritz. it was really nice talking to you as always very nice to learn what you're doing and then also to find these points in common between our work and yours so thank you so much for having me